Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. On October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. Today, some 504 years later, we find ourselves giving thanks for all that the Lord did through Martin Luther and for restoring the gospel to its proper place in people's hearts and lives. So on this October 31st, Happy Reformation Day, and to God be the glory. Our sermon today is based on Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. Our message is entitled, The Reformation Gospel is Still Flying High. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. The epistle lesson for this festival of Reformation and the words that will be our sermon text today from Revelation chapter 14. Verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. The word of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear family in Christ, in the winter of 1546, Martin Luther the great reformer, made the trip from his city that he was living in, Wittenberg, Germany, to head back to his birthplace, the city of Eisleben. He was called there to help to settle a dispute between two German princes. The Lord blessed his efforts, and after about three weeks, the dispute was settled. And then it happened. Luther suffered several heart attacks. And while he survived, he was left very weak and very sick. When it became clear that Luther was now on his deathbed, his good friend, Justice Jonas, came to him and asked him, Reverend Father, are you willing to die in the name of Christ and the doctrine that you have preached? Martin Luther mustered up all of his strength and energy, and he said boldly and clearly, yes. And moments later, on February 18, 1546, the Lord called home to himself in heaven the soul of Dr. Martin Luther. On February 22nd, a funeral procession of several thousand people made its way to the city of Wittenberg. Two knights and 60 horsemen went just ahead of the hearse that was carrying Luther's casket. They made their way to the castle church in Wittenberg. The church on whose doors, some 30 years earlier, Luther had nailed his famous 95 theses. The church was packed 
for Luther's funeral. Another friend of his, Pastor Johannes Bugenhagen, preached the sermon. And it's reported that during that funeral sermon, both pastor and congregation wept unashamedly. While they would sorely miss the great reformer, they were so grateful to the Lord for all that he had accomplished through his servant. The text for the funeral sermon that day was the same text that's in front of us here this morning from Revelation chapter 14. Today, on this date, October the 31st, some 504 years have come and gone, and yet our text is reminding us today that the Reformation gospel is still flying high. Flying. Why? Because the Lord who is in control of all things is, first of all, graciously keeping that gospel out of the reach of all who would destroy it. My wife didn't have breakfast last Wednesday. She meant to. She'd fix herself a little something, but then when she set her plate down on the table and went to do a few more things to get ready for work, our dog couldn't help herself. She devoured Lori's breakfast. See, in our house, if you plan to actually eat your food, you have to put it up high, somewhere on a counter or even higher, putting it out of the reach of a very hungry dog. This text is reminding us that God is graciously keeping the gospel out of the reach of those who would destroy it. So what dogs are threatening to distort, devour the beautiful gospel of our Lord Jesus, the gospel that we're reminded of is sola gratia, by God's grace alone, sola fide, through faith in Jesus Christ alone, sola scriptura, as proclaimed in scripture alone. Who wants to devour that gospel? Well, first starters, the devil and the influence of the unbelieving world around us. Back in Jesus' day, you'll remember, Satan tried his evil worst to tempt Jesus to fall into sin, knew that if he could just get Jesus to sin even once, then he could not be our Savior. And yet Jesus turned back Satan at every turn. And the Bible says that we have one who was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. And how about the unbelievers in Jesus' day? We're constantly trying to trap Jesus and, and trick Jesus and discredit his ministry. Those, those unbelievers who thought that they had gotten rid of Jesus once and for all when they nailed him to the cross at Calvary. And in Luther's day, too. The church in Germany in the late 1400s had all but lost the Bible's fundamental, fundamental teaching that we are saved not by works, but by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. For the most part, the people were biblically illiterate. The Bibles to be had were all written in Latin, a language that most of the people didn't understand. And instead of urging sinners to look to Christ and his perfect sacrifice on the cross for forgiveness and for salvation, the leaders of the church were urging people to try to live a better life, to try to earn some favor from God. 
And so even as he studied for the priesthood, Luther was taught that it was possible to purchase God's forgiveness by buying pieces of paper called indulgences, by making pilgrimages to Rome and paying money to see all kinds of different church relics and artifacts. Doing those kinds of things the people were taught would cause God to be favorably disposed towards them so that he might forgive their sins. But God's mercy and forgiveness are not for sale and cannot be bought. But see, the attacks on that gospel don't just come from without, they come from within too. Our sinful flesh tempts us to think that we can somehow do something to make ourselves right with God. The Pharisees did that in Jesus' day. Luther did that in his day. He found himself doing all kinds of acts of penance to try to make up for the sins that he'd committed. He did extra chores. He fasted for days on end. He traded the warmth of his bed for the cold stone floor in the monastery, desperately hoping that by doing so he could coax God into loving him and forgiving him. He's not the only one, is he? We have all caught that idea spooking around inside of us with shocking regularity that if you want God to love you, if you want God to forgive you, then you have to do this or you have to do that. This idea that says, well, God will forgive you if you will just... Christian, take that kind of thinking and get rid of it once and for all. Because if it's based on something, anything that we do, then it isn't grace. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4 says this, You who are trying to be declared righteous by the law are completely separated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. It's grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone. So what's God to do? He makes his people a promise. And what is that promise? God promises that his gospel will not be silenced or destroyed by the devil, the unbelieving world, or our sinful flesh, or any other dogs that may want to devour it. And so the Lord Jesus said to us in Matthew 24, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Jesus famously promised us in Matthew chapter 16 that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. How will God keep promises like that? Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel. An angel? What angel? Well, the word translated angel here in the Greek, angelos, literally means a messenger. By sending forth his messengers, people who faithfully proclaim the gospel, who hold on to the truth of God's word and present it to people faithfully, God is graciously keeping his word, his gospel, safely out of the reach of those who would destroy it. 
Throughout all of history, God has always kept his word safe. Back in the Old Testament times when his people were turning away in idolatry to worship false gods, were, were closing their ears to God's word, still God sent faithful prophets who faithfully told the people God's word and God's will. They were angels flying in midair. And then after Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent his beloved apostles out to preach the good news to all creation. And they went forth in spite of all the persecution and efforts to silence them. And they proclaimed the gospel to the world at that time. They were angels flying in midair. In the 1500s, it was through the tireless efforts of Martin Luther, whom the Holy Spirit led to eventually understand the truth that we are saved by Christ alone, through, by grace alone, through faith alone. He realized that the sins that he had been trying to make up for and the righteousness that he was so desperate to have so that he could stand before God unashamed were not something that he could earn, but rather were gifts that God had given to him. Gifts that come to sinners freely by grace from our loving God for Jesus' sake. And so filled with the gospel's freedom, Martin Luther wrote this. Forgiveness of sins is not something which we earn for ourselves by our own good deeds. Rather, it is a free gift which God gives to us as a result of all that Jesus did for us as our Savior. Salvation, therefore, is completely and only by faith in Jesus. Angels flying in midair. And then there was no holding Luther back. Even when threatened, Luther boldly refused to take anything back unless it could be proved to him on the basis of God's word that he had been in error. And he translated the Bible into German and got it into the hands of the people. Through his servant, Martin Luther, God restored the gospel to its proper place in people's hearts and lives, or using the picture set forth in our text, our mighty God put his eternal gospel beyond the reach of those threatening to destroy it. Believers, God will continue to do that. Did you notice it's called here the eternal gospel that reminds us that, that God's word will never pass away? Still today, all these years later, God's Reformation gospel is still flying high. God is still keeping his promise to see to it that while his gospel may be set aside and ignored by some and twisted and maligned by others, that he will graciously keep it out of reach so that his gospel is preserved among us for the salvation of souls as heirs of the Reformation like Luther. Let's stand squarely on God's word and preach it and teach it faithfully and clearly. Let's proclaim it in all of its truth and purity so that more and more people can be saved by grace alone, through faith in Christ Jesus alone, holding on to Holy Scripture alone. Angel flying in midair. Not just to keep the gospel out of the reach of those who would destroy it, but flying in midair because from that vantage point, that gospel can be proclaimed loudly and freely so that every sinner in the world can hear it. 
Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. What an inspiring scene. God's messenger flying through the midair, proclaiming the eternal gospel. You know who that messenger is. Yes, as I said earlier, the the prophets and the apostles. Yes, Dr. Luther, as Pastor Bugenhagen pointed out in his funeral sermon. Luther was determined to proclaim this gospel freedom to everyone that he could, and through his preaching and teaching, many were brought to saving faith. But that angel, that messenger, that's also you. And it's me. Think about this. This prophecy is fulfilled every single time that we, in any way, point sinners to Christ. It's the gospel for all the world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, to be put within the reach of all people to save them. It's carried by this angel, this messenger, flying flying up high in midair so that his voice can broadcast it and proclaim that gospel far and wide to every nation on earth. And just look, look at the effect that this gospel will have. The messenger says, fear God and give him glory. Fear God. This isn't frightened of God. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior who has freed you from your sins, you have no reason to ever be frightened of God. Rather, this is that deep awe, this reverence, that loving respect that we have for the God of our salvation because of his promises. It's the kind of godly fear spoken of in Psalm 130 where the psalmist says of the Lord, with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. It's this holy awe and respect and love for God when we stop and think about the fact that he has freely forgiven all our sins for Jesus' sake. And having touched our hearts with that gospel's good news, God's grace moves us, as our text says, to give God glory and to worship him. After all, Because of all that he has done for us as proclaimed here in the gospel, what else would we do but give him glory and worship him and tell others about him? That's the gospel that God has graciously preserved among us. That's the gospel that God has commissioned us to go and share with the world. So friends, let's not sit idly by. Join me as we take our flight and soar above a sad and scared and lonely and angry world. And let's open our mouths and let's point others to Christ so that they can find in Him all that their soul needs and all that their heart desires. Let's not get distracted. Let's work together. That's going to take all of us together working as a congregation to build ourselves up in the truth of God's holy word, guarding and defending it from all error, keeping it safely out of reach of those who might threaten to do it harm. And let's grow in faith and let's take this gospel message to the world, faithfully proclaiming Christ. Everyone willing to listen.
putting it within reach of others to save them because this gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. What a unique way to look at how God quietly works behind the scenes, an angel flying in midair so that the gospel is kept safe in its truth and purity and so that the gospel is universally proclaimed to save many others. That angel, that's, that's you today, and that's me. Brothers and sisters, may God grant every single one of us Luther's zeal and his determination so that today and tomorrow and until the end of time, it can always be said that the Reformation gospel is still flying high, pointing sinners to their Savior. Amen.